For many years now, Kiwi harness trainer Tim Butt has been campaigning his best horses in Australia, winning many of our major races along the way. It was no surprise when late last year he decided to avail himself of the facilities offered by the on-course training complex at Menangle and he set up his Sydney operation. Tim is now 50, he's been in the game all his life and desperately wanted a change. The brilliant win by my field marshal in the Miracle Mile earlier this year couldn't have been more timely. It heralded the arrival in Sydney of a trainer who boasts one of the best big race records in the world. Since the Miracle Mile, uh, winners have been flowing freely in the butt stable and they include a rising five-year-old called Let It Ride, which may well be the next Grand Circuit champion from Tim's establishment. He's won 15 from 27, his last six straight, and they include the Breeders' Challenge final and the Queensland Pacing Championship, after which he went for a spell. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Nice to catch up. Oh, it's great to catch up with you, John. You know, you're a legend of the, the industry, and it's great to talk to you. Thanks, Tim. Mate, that horse, let it ride. I believe you put him straight in the paddock after the Brisbane win. Yeah, I think these um, good horses have got to be looked after, John, and developed. And um, they've always had a high a high opinion of the horse. And, um, you know, and he, and he proved it right in the Queensland Pacing Champs against the yeah. older opposition. So good time for a spell. Yeah. Mate, I, I realise he got the perfect run in the race, but by the same token, that's one of the most arrogant, dominant wins I've seen at that level in a long, long time. Hasn't he got some raw talent? Yeah, we just went up to Queensland and thrived and... Um, you know, got a beautiful run, but he also made a little bit of his own luck early. And, um, yeah, he can follow speed. And, you know, as a, when he pulled out, it was just all over. He's just in a different hemisphere than the others. So um, mm. great result for everybody. He's a similar type of horse to my field marshal, isn't he? Yeah, he has. He, he can follow speed and, um, and you know, not, not, not dominate a race. But if it's run right, he'll be very hard to beat. So, um, you know, that's sort of probably our style of training, really. Now, Tim... My field marshal is a rising seven-year-old. He's won 23 races. He had a little break after the Miracle Mile win. Uh, then he, he won a couple of races when he returned and then ran three seconds. But his last two runs in Brisbane were well below his best. But he's got some issues. Yeah, he just seemed to he got a bit of a cold with the colder weather, John, and he's had two wind operations, which um, means he's very susceptible to getting uh, lung infections and so forth. So, but, you know, tr- tricky horse to train at times and keep healthy, but, um, you know, he's just a wonderful horse to be doing what he's doing with, with the problems he's had. And, um, you know, so I love the horse and always forgive him when he, when he goes a bad race. So um, I'm hoping he'll come back and, um, you know, still be a worthy Grand Circuit horse next season. I've never met a trotting man with a stronger pedigree than you've got. Uh, Let's deal with some of your high-profile relatives one by one. Now, here's a good start. Your paternal grandfather was Wes Butt. He was champion New Zealand trainer seven times, champion driver twice. He died in 1999. What are your memories of Grandpop Wes? Yeah, well, I had quite a lot to do with Wears earlier on. I actually drove a winner for him back in my early days when I was driving. Um, he, he was a really methodical, hard-working trainer and, um, and you know, pr- and pretty level-headed. He, he always kept his feet on the ground. And, and he also liked the farming and the, um, you know, fixing fences or that side of it as well, which, um, mm. you know, always kept us pretty grounded. He was um, pretty good mental, really. Your maternal grandfather 
was Derek Jones, who trained 1,000 winners. He drove about 840 winners. His best horses were Hands Down and the great mare Blossom Lady. Now, he died in at age 79, about 10 years ago, I think, Tim. Yeah, no, no Derek was a great man. He was he was well-known in Australia and I loved to travel here. He was friends with Kevin Newman's and a great friend of Kevin Robinson's, and um, he, he was a he was a terrific horseman. He had a nat- natural um, horseman, you know, driver, and um, you know, and he had a great wit about him, and um, liked liked to drink. He loved a whiskey and milk, and um, mm. he, he could teach you a lot a lot of things about life. And uh, he's a very compassionate man, and um, also very intelligent. So um, I think getting a bit bit from each of them was a real a real help because they're a little bit of a contrast, but um, mm. both terrific horsemen in their own rights. Your dad, Murray, died suddenly in 2005. He was only 59. He'd had great success in New Zealand as a trainer, a driver, an owner and a breeder. And there's no doubt, Tim, he was your role model. Yeah, without doubt, Johnny. He, um, he had a, um, you know, he probably didn't have a great, great success along the way, but he was a great, great driver and a great mentor to all of us. He introduced us to everybody and, um, you know, showed us a bit about life rather than just the racing game. So, uh, you know, we played a lot of sport when we were younger, a lot of rugby union and tennis and so forth. And he was always there for us in those situations because he liked us to have a, an outlet away from the racing. It wasn't all just racing, racing, racing. Yep. Now, what about your uncle Robin? He made his mark in Australia with a long striding horse called Lacano, who won the Miracle Mile in 1980. You were about 12 at the time. Yeah, no, I remember it fondly, you know, and uh, Robin sent me a text when I won the, the Miracle Mile to, to equal his feats, but um, he was a terrific horse. He, he came over under people's guards, really, and um, through the outside of the gate at Harold Park, and not many horses have won from there in, a, in the mile, but he just had terrific speed, and mm. he, he could pick them up in a, in a hundred metres, you know, and um, lovely chestnut horse, and, you know, Robin was a, a you know, he was pretty forefront at travelling and, um, you know, ahead of his time, so he, he was a great horseman too. Was there ever a time in your early life when you felt suffocated by the harness racing business? Was there ever a thought of going in a different direction? No, I don't think so, John. Like, we were brought up in a place called Temperton, which was a prolific harness racing area with studs and, um, you know, the whole hotel was full of trotting people. And, and as I said, we played a lot of rugby union and a lot of sport and um, that was a great lesson and kept you grounded and, um, you know, I think, Kids nowadays should, you know, partake in whatever they can and and have an outlet other than racing. So we we had a we had a great upbringing in that regard. And but racing was what we enjoyed. We loved going out with you know there was a gang of boys and the O'Reillys and so all the Duns and those sort of guys were all mm. all lived in that area and we um were all mates and you know used to get along to the races and try and back and win when we were about twelve year old. So we knew what was going on at a pretty early age. Mm. You said you drove a winner. Uh, for your grandfather, you, you tried your hand as a race driver for a while there early on, but it was never a priority with you. No, I, I, I drove quite a lot of winners. Anthony, my older brother, was um, you know he was the top top man at that stage, and um, you know I second to him one year on the premiership as, as a junior driver. In those days, you didn't get many opportunities, and mm. and once you got your trainer's license, you forego your your junior license. So we. You, can, you know, so, um, you know, I was always more keen on the training and the breeding and the intellectual part of um, horse racing rather than the driving. Mm. Well, there was a certain day at a place called Nelson, Tim, where you made your debut as a winning trainer, I think, with a trotter. 
Yeah, that's correct. Dalson was a, a holiday place that we used to go every year with our horses and, um, you know, great carnivals, great, great interest in the racing up there. And, um, you know, to win it up there, win the first race up there with all my mates around was, was great. We um, celebrated in Julie style, John. Now, Nelson, is that where you board the ship to go across to the North Island? It's it's right next door. Picton is um, next door to Nelson, and, and they have oh. a what well, a four day meeting. So they have two races, two race meetings in Nelson, and a week later, two race meetings in Blenheim, and that's where they board the port to go to hmm. the uh, North and South Island. So it's the top of the South Island, beautiful country, beautiful area, hot hmm. and and nice place to go in the summer with the racing. Your first Group 1 winner in Australia was in 1995. It was a horse called Happy Asset, and he won a race called the Ben-Hur, which has been long deleted from the program here. He beat a horse called Harley Hanover by a nose. You'd have been chewing the fingernails. Yeah, he was a funny horse. He didn't like to win much. He he ran a, a lot of placings in a lot of big Group 1 races, and I think Darren Fendell was the announcer I think it may have been my first group one and not even have been his, you know, so he's come a long way since then too. But um, no, it was great. We had an opportunity to hop on a plane in Christchurch, which was very rare, and fly to mm. Sydney and, and race. So we put him on the plane and took the punt, and um, mm. the rest was history, really. It started the ball rolling, yeah. Yeah, now, Tim, i got to pick you up on one thing there. Darren Flindell will be horrified if you suggest that he was calling races that far back, 1995. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Hilton Donaldson. No, I think it was not about. Not, might have been about ninety eight. Was it ninety five? Might be yeah. right. You might have to correct me, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit early I for Darren Flindell. I'm pretty sure. I'll check it out with him. Check it out. Yeah. Now, Tim, in nineteen ninety eight, a trotter came into your place with only two race starts under his belt. He was bred to pace, but all he could do was trot. And how he could trot? Did Lyle yeah, a- Creek impress you straight away? Well, not really, John. He he, he was um, pretty raw. He, he, he'd been in the back blocks of Kaikoura and had time to develop and mature, but he'd never had a rug on, and it was pretty harsh country up there. And I think it all good well for his um, immunity and things like that later on. He was just, just hit the ground running. He took a wee while to get organised, but um, I think he won sort of 22 in a row, and then he got beaten and he won 13 in a row. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and at the elite level, you know, so and all over the, the, the southern hemisphere. So, um, yeah, it was a great a great catalyst for me starting off, and um, it was also good because I didn't used to feel the pressure then. I just sort of was, you know, enjoyed mm. it, and um, mm. you know, I really, really enjoyed and relished it. He dominated the trotting ranks in Australia and New Zealand for several seasons. He won the two thousand Inter Dominion Grand Final at Mooney Valley. He won three row cups. He won a Dullard Cup. He won an Australian Trotting Championship. He won the Bill Collins Mile. Remarkable horse. In 2001, he left on an overseas adventure that kept him away for two years. He won one in Sweden and 18 in North America. You actually took him to Sweden, I think. Yeah, no, was, we took him up there for the Oslo Grand Prix and the, um, the Elite Lock, John. It was just a trip of a lifetime, really, Um all expenses paid, and uh, you know we, we were we were like rock stars really because he was he was something new, and um, and you know I, I remember being out of the hens party one night, and um, we were getting to know the, the hens girls that night from Stockholm, and um, mm. they, they hadn't heard of New Zealand, but they'd heard of Lyle Creek, so um, quite mm. interesting. Yeah, hadn't heard of New Zealand. <laughs> no, they didn't know where New Zealand was, but they'd heard of Lyle Creek because he'd been in the papers and yeah. a lot of lot of media, you know. So um, mm. yeah. I didn't know where New Zealand was. 
and trotters in Europe, right throughout Europe, are absolute superstars. That's right. You know, when we were there, it was the second most popular sport behind ice hockey, so um, mm. harness racing and equal soccer. So it just shows you how um, how important it was, and, uh, and it was, you know, all the community knew, you know, sort of we were there, what we were there for at our horse. So, um, mm. you know, amazing to think of that, really. He was 10 years old when you got him back from the United States, and most thought his best days were behind him. But you uh, proved them wrong in no mean order. He won his third row cup on his return and his third Dominion handicap as an 11-year-old. Yeah, it just shows you what a champion he was. Like, he, it was pretty much like training two different horses, you know. First time he never had a sick day or an unsound day and he's just in the zone. And when he came back, he had a lot of, lot of you know, old age issues and health issues that we had to deal with. But, um, you know, when we got him right on the right day, he was still too dominant for the, you know, the new up-and-comers of, of the era. So, um, you know, he was just, you know, one of those horses that, you know, makes you look good. He, you know, you could do anything with him and he'd, he'd, he'd always perform. So, um, mm. you know, I think it was good. But it, it taught me to have responsibility when you have a great horse to um, to honour that, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it, it, it brought me on as a trainer, you know, so... Um, because you respect the horse so much, you don't want to let them down, you know, so mm-hmm. it was great. Ma Sish isn't the best horse you've ever trained, but he he's very significant in one regard because he gave you your fifth win in the famous AG Hunter Cup. Yeah, the Hunter Cup's a race I've always loved. We had a had happy asset in a year, you know, back in the early you know, late nineteenth century and you know, he, he finished second another couple of times and um it's a race I always wanted to win, and we always targeted a horse for it, you know, and um, over the years we've been lucky to get the right run, and you know, Marcich dominated the race. He was favourite and was too good in the end, outstayed them, but um, you know, we had some few other ones there that were a little bit longer in the betting and still got up and won, so it's been a great race for me. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round. You're not a regular trainer of mares, but one homebred mare turned up at your place and she became the best mare you've ever trained. Her name was Four Real. She won 18 races, 622,000, and coincidentally, she's the mother of my field marshal. Yeah, I always, always had a soft spot for Four for Real because she had so much natural ability, and, um, you know, she won the Ladyship Mile and the, the New South Wales Oaks, plus a, a string of top races in New Zealand, and, um, you know, she won ahead of the Inter Dominions as a four-year-old mare, being the best horses around, and not many... Four-year-old mares can do that. So, um, you know, she's a terrific mare and, and great to be training a progeny. Flashing Red, there's a name. You'd seen a yeah. lot of him, Tim, uh, before you got him uh, when he was trained by Stuart Hunter. Justin Warwick had him in Western Australia for a while and you always felt he was a perfect horse for the New Zealand Cup and you were given him to train exclusively for some of the big cups in New Zealand. You won two New Zealand Cups and an Auckland Cup. Were they the only three races you trained him for? Pretty much. I think we, we had one in Perth that we, on his way back to, to his uh, Australian trainer, Stuart Hunter, you know, but um, uh, he was, 
he was just one of those horses I never laid eyes on until he was nine year old and I think he'd had 157 starts or something before we saw him, you know, and we just really clicked with him, you know, I, I um, you know, found out he's out of training pretty early and, you know, realised that he didn't take a lot of work and being an old horse, had to keep him fresh and keep his legs in him and mm. he was just a great stayer and, um, you know, I respect the horse so much, he was, um, he, he used to just thrive in our place and you'd see him week by week picking up and getting better and better, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mr. DG was another one you sort of stumbled upon. He was out of the wonderful mare Blossom Lady. You won 20 races with him, and the Hunter Cup was one of the 20. Yeah, he was a great horse. We got him later in his career, and um, he, he won the hunt, our first Hunter Cup for us, and um, Blossom won two of them, and you know, it was great for his, one of his you know, sons to do the same. But um, you know, he, he was a certainly beat, really, in the in the um, Perth end of the Minions. He, he, he was only like three noses from winning and um, sort of run out of track. But, you know, he was a great horse for us as well. And, um, you know, just as I said, getting those horses on the grand circuit are uh, what we're all about. You won an Inter-Dominion grand final when it was run on the Gold Coast with Mr Feelgood. Yeah, no, that was – you couldn't pick a better place to win an Inter-Dominion. Mm. Uh, fantastic uh, carnival and, you know, lots of friends over there enjoying it. But – he was a, he was a great story because it was high high risk a lot of money and um, you know the phone went one day at the stables uh, you know we were looking out for an American horse to race in the end of the minions and and um, phone went from a friend of ours um, Nifty Norman in America and he said well, I found your horse and I said well, well we'll take him I didn't ask him how much the price was so um, mm. so we we committed to buy him and then he rang back and said oh, I was thinking sort of two or three hundred thousand but it was six hundred thousand. Good heavens. US, so it was a fair mm. amount of money, but he won it all back in within the first season. So, um, you know, great, great, great story because to take that risk and get people to back you financially and um, produce the results is something special. Another great trotter you had was Take a Moment. He raced until he was 10 years old. He won two Inter-Dominion finals and about $1.2 million in prize money. Yeah, a lot of money back in the, the those early days, but he was a he was a freakish horse too, John. He, he sort of lived in the shadow of Lyle Creek because he came along straight afterwards. But um, he was a, a great uh, gated trotter and a you know purebred and a um, little bit of French blood in him, which I like. And um, you know he just won everything pretty much in three years, and you know won eighteen in a row and twelve Group Ones and so forth. So um, you know he was a, he was a pleasure to have too. You briefly mentioned Brother Anthony a while back. There's no doubt he is a world-class driver with an amazing record. Uh, he's got ice water in his veins, Tim. Uh, I think his greatest strength is his patience. He just keeps his head when all around are losing theirs. Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting, you know, being seeing both both drivers from Australia and New Zealand. And, but, and I think the drivers that we were brought up with as young were, were true horsemen. You know, the, the drivers of 30 years ago and um, they, they not only drove well in a race or tactically and um, with coolness, but they were great horsemen at steering them and, and making a horse. And I think, you know, that can be lost on the younger generation a little bit. And, um, you know, I think that augurs well for Ed. He had a great upbringing and um, great mentor in Derek Jones and, you know, had that opportunity. But he was just a natural from day one. And um, you know, I'm sure he's the best Kiwi driver in Australian conditions, John, you know. Well, I remember the first time I saw him at Harold Park, Tim, some years ago now. A lot of the Kiwi drivers took a little while to adapt to Harold Park. But Anthony handled Harold Park at his first drive there. Yeah, well, he's quite experienced. He'd driven a lot around the world, probably, you know, America, Canada, 
um, Oslo, Norway, you know, all those sort of places, Denmark, um, Ireland even, you know. So um, mm-hmm. so I think it's a, it's having that ability to adapt and, um, you know, and when in Rome do what the Romans do and mm-hmm. look who's the best driver and see see their style and um, – because they are leading the way, so um, you know I think I think ignorance is a poor poor tool if you if you're going to be a driver like that. You've got to learn from the locals. Mm. Tim, you've been watching harness racing in New Zealand for a long, long time. Do you have a favourite driver from yesteryear in New Zealand? Who was your favourite in the early days? Yeah, well, probably my uncle actually, Peter Jones, which is probably um, but probably a lot of people saw him drive. He's Mark Jones's father, who was um, world champion driver. But Peter was one of those drivers that was. You know, give, give it away a bit too soon, really. But he was one of the um, the most coolest and natural horsemen you'd ever see. And um, you know, I think he won in the New Zealand Cup on hands down. And he let a horse go two lengths clear with 200 metres to go. And how many people would do that? And then he he nursed him around the bend and just fought back and won it. You know, so mm. you know, he was a terrific driver. But there's been so many over the years. But um, I'm not a sort of person that looks up to too many people like that. But um, mm. you know, you do respect the fact of what they do. As I said in the introduction, you're now based at Menangle in that magnificent on-course complex. You've got 24 horses in work, and it was a big move and a big decision. You've got 15-year-old son Riley there helping out. Your daughter Kate, who's 22, is working in Camden. She's not involved in the harness racing at all. And how's your wife Andrea adapting to life in Australia? No, it's been great. We're, we're, we're loving it. You know, we, we, um, we love the fact that, you know, everybody's racing converted in Australia and, you know, it's part of your culture and part of the way you're brought up. And, um, you know, well, New Zealand was great to me growing up and gives you a good grounding and, um, you know, pretty basic and those sort of things. But, um, you know, just with the travelling I was doing, it just suited me to come to Australia. Kids are older now and um, keep sort of off our hands a bit. So it was just the right time to have a go. And, um, you know, I'd never, not the sort of person to die wondering or, I don't ever want to look back on my life and think I should have done this. So, um, yeah. you know, I've always been proactive and um, never been scared to have a go. When you first relocated, every horse in the stable had Kiwi owners. Now, some of them have Aussie owners. No, it's been great in that regard. Um, you know, we knew our Kiwi owners would slowly weed, weed, weed out, you know, because they enjoy their racing in New Zealand and like to go to the races and watch the horses race. So, um, you know, we basically bought a team of non-competitive horses in, in New Zealand, you know, other than let it ride. Most of them weren't been competitive. And um, mm-hmm. I've come over here in the handicapping system and um, the racing and adapted really well. And, uh, you know, they just, you know, it's been great. And we're just building up now, getting some nice Aussie people to train for and, um you know, looking forward to some breeders and those sort of guys that, that are enthusiastic about the future of harness racing. Well, your brother Anthony is now based in Melbourne, but he's happy to fly to Sydney whenever you've got a special assignment for him at uh, Club Menangle. But you've been using young Chris Geary for quite a while now. Chris actually works for a few hours every morning, driving fast work. I don't think he's turned 21 yet, but he's he's already driven 500 winners, Tim, and he's got a great future. Yeah, well, he, we put a Facebook ad in just for someone to drive work in the morning, and Chris accepted the job, and it was it's actually been fantastic. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he's only 20, but I think he's, you know, a real top driver in the future. Um, he's got great hands, and, and he knows about the game, and um, he knows about an angle and does his homework, and he's quite grounded. So he's the sort of guy that sort of suited me, and we get on good, and, um, you know, the relationship's going to build, hopefully, and... Um, you know, we can help him and mentor him and, and, you know, 
help him get to get where he where he ought to be. Yep. Well, let it ride is probably the horse uh, that's got you more excited than any other short term. He's in the paddock at the moment, and he's into Dominion Bound at the end of the year. He is. Yep. No, he's you know, he's just had a lovely preparation. He went out in great nick, and to win that Group One at the end of the season, well, the last two Group Ones were fantastic, John. And um, you know, the end of Dominions is, is the, the race, you know, and um, you know, I'm sure he'll thrive through the series. And um, you know, he, he's right in right in the deep end of it. So you know, I'm looking forward to you know the um, the challenge of getting him ready for it. Tim, I appreciate your time on the podcast today. Great to catch up. Congratulations on a magnificent career so far, and I'm sure there are a few more Group 1 winners lurking around the corner. No, it's a great industry, John, and, you, you know, you guess you know, you're part of it, and um, it's great to talk to you any time. Appreciate it. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.